and welcome to Dialogue. This is State Senator Paul Lavota of the 11th Senatorial District. Dialogue is your program where you get to hear about what's going on in Missouri government, Missouri politics, um, from your elected officials. And um, glad to be here again. And I'm here, <clears throat> as always, with our uh, independent mayor pro temp. Uh, well, our city councilman at large, Chris Leidens. Okay, you our, have a little bit more to say. Well, talk. our mayor's currently out of town, so I'm actually the mayor of Independence right now. As of now. As of as of now. I'm the mayor for right now. Okay. And, but I'm glad to be here on the podcast regardless. Okay. No matter what title you throw at me, I'm just tickled to be here. Whatever whatever title they throw at you. Huh? Mm. Now, um, I hope you've had a good week, Chris. We um, have done a, a, a few things with the dialogue program. Um, you know, we have... We we started doing this this on KCTE AM, right? Then we moved to KCXL AM. Was that in Liberty? Yeah. Yes. And that's then we, right. And then we moved to um, the Elliott Three at Laugh a Lot station. Yeah. What was oh, that one? Yeah. Oh my gosh! It was the big guffaw on your radio dot. What was it? It was. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember the call radio. Yeah. And then um, we took a break. And uh, Phil Lavota, we needed some time. Emmy award-winning um, attorney. He's won an Emmy. Yeah, never heard about that. Yeah, and so he did the dialogue program on KCTE AM. Mm-hmm. Then we uh, moved to this format on KCTalkRadio.com. Now we're also on what's called Podbean. Oh, tell me about this. Well, it's just a, a way that we can uh, quickly get uh, a program to you faster. And, um, you know, you can listen to it in iTunes and uh, look at the website, and it's linked on com. And, and I think it's funny to, to mention all this stuff, but um, because you have, you have to find all this stuff to actually hear me <laughs> tell you how to find it. Um, that's, yeah, that's a bit of a, a little riddle i guess or but, a little bit of an enigma How but do you we keep do that? moving along and some ideas to uh actually put this on old-fashioned terrestrial radio but um we're glad to do this because it's based on the whole idea uh that uh congressman jerry linton had he had a dialogue with linton every month where he spoke with folks and find out what their concerns were and reported what was going on in congress and this is a simply a report from two elected officials about what's going on in um in their job me as a state senator you as a mayor for now for now of independence sure and um we're glad to do it last week we we talked about the ferguson situation which is was kind of a pretty heavy topic i would say that yeah got a little uh got a little heavier than normal here yeah because it just you know i i can't think of an elected official doesn't want to figure out a way to help solve um some of the issues that caused and underline the whole Ferguson situation. Mm -hmm. Now, also, um, I don't know if you read the news every week. Does that make you our anchor? I guess it would. Because our other anchor... I'll take whatever title you throw at me. Okay, because our other anchor, in a different respect, Courtney (laughs) isn't here today. Um, She had some other business to take care of, but she's usually here to add in, you know, some type of... You know, you guys are doing it wrong. Type comment. Sure. Well, uh, I miss her. Okay. And and let her know if you happen to talk to her. Well, I'm sure she'll be listening as well. Oh, so, good. anyway, let's start with the news. 
Now, the weekly news roundup brought to you by the good folks at Liberty Realty. Here's Chris Whiting. Thank you very much, Mr. Voice. I am Chris Whiting with your weekly news roundup. State to recount right to farm amendment results. The Missouri Secretary of State's office will conduct a statewide recount of the results of Amendment 1, which establishes a right to farm the Missouri Constitution after certified election results show it passed on August 5th by just 2,490 votes out of nearly 1 million cast. Under state law, the losing side is automatically entitled to a recount if the margin of victory is less than half a percentage point if they request it. The margin of victory of Amendment 1 was one quarter of a percentage point, and opponents formally requested a recount shortly after the results were certified on August 25th. The recount must be completed by September 15th. Supporters tout Amendment 1 is necessary to protect family farms from excessive restrictions and regulations. Opponents say the amendment will, will actually would protect large corporate factory farms to the detriment of small family farmers, and the vague wording will produce endless litigation. The opponents are right on this one, <laughs> um, and uh, I'm glad that we're doing a recount because it's such a slim margin. Um, those same corporate farms, factory farms, are the ones that paid for their big election to have it barely win in a heavily agriculture state, in a state that we all value the importance of agriculture and growing food for the world, um, but it only manages to win by um, what is it, one quarter of a percent point. Yeah. Now, recounts are interesting. Um, uh, Representative Bonnie Mims lost by 22 votes and recounted and won by 11 votes. So, wow. So these, these recounts could make a difference. Um, probably for the most part, they don't, you mm-hmm. know, like if you like, it seems like with the recounts I've seen, if they've lost by 2,490 2, votes, they'll end up losing by like 2,000 votes. It'll get closer, but not enough uh-huh. to change it. But um, I think it's worth when you're changing the constitution enough of the process. And I'm glad secretary of state, Jason Kander is doing that. And it's, it's, it's a good sign. You ever seen a recount come back exactly the same where they go, hey, you know what? You guys were right. I've never seen that. I wonder if I've that's ever happened. I've never seen happened. that. Yeah. Let me know if you do. Okay. Why don't we both be on the lookout and, like, you'll tell me if you see that and vice versa. That's a deal, my friend. Okay. Good. Moving along, Nixon <clears throat> appoints new public safety director. Governor Jay Nixon on August 27th appointed former St. Louis Metropolitan Police Chief Daniel Ism II as the new director for the Missouri Department of Public Safety. The appointment of ISM, who is black, comes amid criticism about the lack of diversity among department directors in the Nixon administration in the wake of the recent racial unrest in Ferguson following the fatal shooting of an unarmed black teen by a white police officer. ISM, who currently teaches in the University of Missouri-St. Louis Department of Criminology and Criminal Justice, served as St. Louis Police Chief from October 2008 to January 2013 when he retired after 25 years with the department. He will take over as public safety director on September 1st, replacing Jerry Lee, a former St. Louis County police chief who is stepping down as public safety director after three years. Since Nixon became governor in 2009, his administration has had only one black cabinet member, Kelvin Simmons, who headed the Missouri Office of Administration from 2009 until 2012. Until ISM's appointment, there had been no black cabinet officials in the Nixon administration since Simmons' departure. The Department of Public Safety oversees the State Highway Patrol, the State Emergency Management Agency, the Division of Alcohol and Tobacco Control, and the Division of Fire Safety, among other agencies. So a new man in charge of the 
um, of the pu- public safety department, and they'll have to go through the advise and consent process in the Senate. I don't know if we'll do that during veto session in two weeks or not, um, but it is interesting, um, the criticism that there mm-hmm. wasn't any African-Americans in, in the cabinet, and then five days later from when that criticism happened, and <laughs> it happened again. Was it known that the other guy – had the other guy already stepped down? I, You know, I didn't know that. I, I don't know why okay. he stepped down. I didn't even know that it was an open position. That could either be it wasn't or I, I just wasn't aware of it. Um, when session happens, I hear a lot more about those things as I serve on the gubernatorial appointments committee. But at a session, I don't get that all that stuff as much. So that could be just me not knowing. But, um, I, you know, it, it's a, this is an interesting thing because – if you're going to criticize the governor for not having enough African Americans, you got to be happy that he has that he appoints an African American. But yet, you know, is that just political symbolism and everything else? So right. So I guess maybe half full would be the best way to do. Say you you've listened to criticism and you you found a very qualified person to uh, help us in in public safety, which is a huge issue in our state so well of course i'm sure like me it reminds you of stephen colbert at the emmys who uh thanked his writing staff so i want to thank all the writers i couldn't do without you thank you gentlemen and lady because apparently he has one woman right and he got criticized because he only has one woman. yeah he got slammed for that yeah so but if he would have just said gentlemen he probably would have gotten slammed right even harder so yeah yeah well interesting timing to say the least well i and with that said, and I won't, I'll move to Stephen Colbert. He, he could have more. He could have more women writers. Sure, you know that should be something he should think about, and especially he's going to a bigger platform and everything. Well, and I mean, as he's trying to appeal to a wider audience, mm-hmm. the more diverse his writing staff is, probably the better off he's going to be in coming up with with bits and jokes that yeah. are going to reach. A wider group. Of I people. mean, just think about how diversity helps. Like, look, look how pathetic this program is going without um, Courtney in the room. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This has gone downhill quickly. Yeah, yeah. And finally, most new laws passed this year take effect. Most of the new laws enacted by the Missouri General Assembly during its 2014 legislative session took effect on August 28th. Among them are laws requiring children to have parental permission to use indoor tanning facilities, capping the amount insurance companies can charge for oral chemotherapy drugs, drugs, pardon me, and repealing a ban on Sunday sales of motorcycles. Other new laws taking effect include a requirement that judge, judges excuse breastfeeding mothers from jury duty if the mother so requests, the repeal of a lifetime ban on those convicted of drug-related felonies from receiving food stamps, and the replacement of phrases such as mentally retarded and mental retardation in state law with the phrases intellectually disabled and intellectual disability. So this is the day of the whole process that starts with pre-filing in December and the session from January to May and the governor reviewing them and either signing or veto them. This is when the bills go into effect on this day. What? what which is the 28th. Yeah, which August is this 28th. day today. As as we, as we're speaking, as we're speaking, right. but as people listen, it may be another day. Right, we just need to remind. Now them. there are exceptions. Um, fiscal years change, mm-hmm. and that's part of a, a appropriation process. Or if you um, need, sometimes you need, maybe need to give a little more time for implementation. You'll say, like January first, two thousand fifteen. But this is typically without any other 
thing. That is why, um, um, well, I'll, I'll get into a couple things that I passed that have hit this week. So oh, Okay, very good. Yeah. Well, that's your weekly news roundup brought to you by the good folks at Liberty Realty. They are good people, aren't they? They are really good. They take care of you. I'll yeah. say that. Yeah, they sure do. So uh, If you're buying or selling. Yeah, <laughs> houses. <laughs> and realty. So, uh, what, what's going on in your plate, Chris? This is really this is a chance for you to have a dialogue with. Oh, it's time me for me to talk. Okay. And um, well, I'm excited to hear from it. It's it's pretty exciting stuff. Uh, I may have mentioned that the mayor is out of town, so I'm serving as the mayor. Now, what in does that entail? Uh, okay, let's get into this. There was a house because of a uh, a, a gas line blew up right luckily no one was in the house no one was harmed right that could potentially have been an issue yes now is that the type of stuff that they call you and say mayor this would happen or i mean how's that yeah they let me know about that immediately um also did they let you know about if you if mayor rear was in town probably i probably on that one i would be notified okay if mayor Weir was in town I, I, other thing, I got notified that the canine unit, um, and I don't know the details, but we have to get a new dog, like oh, no. immediately for the canine unit. So Is the dogs okay? I I don't know. Oh, okay. I yeah, I yeah. can find out. So that's pending. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll check back. We'll put that one on the parking lot. Yeah. And I had to go by and I had to sign all of the um, all of the ordinances for next week's okay. meeting. I had to get that done. So it's it's uh, smaller things like that. Had had an issue in a neighborhood where there was some confusion over crime statistics that uh, was put on my plate and was able to take care of that. And a lot of times, uh, like in that situation, I felt like it was better for the police to handle it, the neighborhood watch, and work with them instead of pulling politicians into the mix who, you know, we're not experts on everything, but certainly we can be the conduit to get people to either help them or get them to the right folks. So you keep the train moving as it were. Uh, And then just in case there are some authorizations needed, you're there. Right. I mean, you wouldn't go in and, okay, I know mayor, we were told you to do this, but now I want you to do this. They'd be like, uh, it's four days, pal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and they should be repainting her office back to the color it was before she left. Okay, good. Before good. she gets back That's tomorrow. Good. So That's good. Uh, we've got a new fire chief in Independence for a long time. Internal hire. Yes, an internal hire. Yeah. That's good. John Green got hired, been with the department a long time, and I I think internal is good. We've, we've got several people who could probably do the job and do it well, and, and uh, I mean, Chief Green is an outstanding choice. Mm-hmm. So. So that's exciting, and then of course we've got Santa Caligon. Yeah, that's a, coming up this weekend. And there's people from really because of the World Wide Web, really anywhere <laughs> within the listening universe who uh, are listening right now to the dialogue program. Um, tell them what Santa Caligon is. Sure, because uh, not everybody's been to it, Chris. Well. As I'm sure everybody knows, Independence is the queen city of the trails. Mm -hmm. And the California, the Santa Fe, and the Oregon Trail all started here in Independence. Well, Sugar Creek. Well, Independence. Okay. So we have a festival every year, and I think this is, what, maybe our 35th year, to commemorate that heritage that we're very proud of. So we've taken all three of the trail names, Santa Fe, 
California, and Oregon, and we've combined them into one word, Santa Caligon. Mm. Do you get that? Yeah. So it's the Santa Caligon Days. It is a huge festival the entire Labor Day weekend. You've got craft tents. You've got some of the biggest names in country music that come and play at the main stage. You've got a huge carnival. You've got all kinds of stuff. You can get your, you know, your kettle corn, your cotton candy, your funnel cake. Name something else. Is Go, there shoot. arts? Yeah, lots of arts and crafts. Oh, yeah. crafts too. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You can get arts and crafts. Excellent. Uh, corn dogs. Okay. Gator on a stick. Okay. Just any kind of festival thing you can think of, it's there. Mm-hmm. It's the largest festival of its kind west of the Mississippi. Neat. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. And people should should come out. It's a great way to spend Labor Day weekend. We'll get over 100,000 people at this thing. I'm expecting good weather, too. Yes, we're expecting great weather this year and really looking forward to a good time. Mm-hmm. So that's big news. Independence is known for this, and we have so much heritage in Independence. Do you have official duties? I was asked if I would be there uh, on the main stage at the the opening celebration to kick it off, which Uh I was really honored. The chamber asked me to come do that. Unfortunately, I've got to pick up one daughter at 515 from volleyball practice and then get the other daughter out to a high school football game at 530 so she can play with the band. So I will be unable to do that. Well, that's that's your first responsibility. And then at 830 Friday evening, the 29th, they're going to have a virtual handshake where they're going to have the mayors of Santa Fe, New Mexico, Independence, Missouri, someplace in California. And someplace in Oregon, wherever mm-hmm. those trails ended, all I four hope it's mayors. I don't think it's Portlandia. I was hoping the same thing. Yeah, but all four of those mayors will be together virtually, and they will do a handshake to kick wow. off the ceremonies. So now, besides that, will there be anything fun? What have you not listened to a thing I've said? Well, I, everything I've talked about. I'm sorry, I got fun. I got thrown off on your handshake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so that's big That's big stuff going on. It's, yep, big time for the city. So we're excited about that. And uh, just the only other thing I'd like to mention is we had a really informative study session last Monday over Independence Power and Light and the Enterprise Fund and uh, electric rates. And this seems to be an item that has a lot of steam around it right now in Independence. A lot of Thought good discussion going it. on. A, a lot of power behind it. So... One thing we're going to look at doing is is tasking the uh, Public Utilities Advisory Board with coming up with a policy of how much money should be in our enterprise fund. Because yeah. some people say, hey, you've got way too much. We were in a position about six years ago where we had a million dollars in there. Federal standards say we should have somewhere around $24, 25000000 million. So we were – if an emergency happened, we would have been kaput. So okay. we've built it back up, and yeah, you got to have the right balance. You got to make sure you have the money yep. or the capacity if something happens, but also you don't want to make that too large to where you're hurting ratepayers. Exactly. So we're trying to to balance that out and make sure that uh, the rates that we charge help us stay afloat as a utility, help us be reliable because more than anything, citizens want their power to be on right. and be there when they need it. And then also make the rates competitive so that we're a draw for residents and businesses. So there you go. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, thanks. Well, I had a little bit of news, and I want you to listen to this. Okay. Oh, wait a minute. 
Okay, it's going to take a little bit to go back to the news. Well, this is not starting off well. I had a little uh, news clip I'm trying to um, I need to play about some of the, you know, we talked about that um you want me to improv a little bit? No, well, we talked about that these legislation is beginning to happen now. Um and um one of the things that I worked on last session is uh beginning starting and uh there's good news reports about it um well i'm excited uh, for this uh, monday was the first uh, meeting of the super bowl task force um that Whoa. it was put together by uh the department of economic development uh with business leaders around kansas city area to determine what we can do to get a Super Bowl at Arrowhead. I was had an opportunity to speak to all the news channels, uh, TV channels in town, um, and because I was able to be there and welcome them with their group and hopefully get them a little organized to where we can figure some things out. Here's the report from Channel Five. I mean, it really is coming. It should be good. Super Bowl in Kansas City. A lot of folks in town think it's more than just a fantasy, and today they took the first step toward making it happen. KCTV5's Nathan Vickers was there. In the past few years, the NFL's become more open to hosting the Super Bowl in colder climates and in open-air stadiums, and that could be good news for Kansas City. There's no one better than Arrowhead to do that. Paul Lavota is a Missouri senator. He formed a task force with the Jackson County Sports Authority, city, and state leaders to see what would need to happen to bring the Super Bowl to the city. And we have shown that when we come together, we can bring big events. And fans are already excited at the prospect. The Super Bowl hasn't been here. This is my hometown, and I love Kansas City. It'll just be a cool experience, just like the the Royals, the, the All-Star game was here. As far as being able to go see the game, I probably wouldn't have money for the ticket, but it would help the city. But a lot would have to happen for the NFL to approve Arrowhead as a venue. The city might have to make certain infrastructure improvements or develop more facilities to entertain visiting fans. You see a lot of actually infrastructure get fixed before those big events like that. Uh, you see a lot of things happen around the city. Everywhere in the Kansas City area would benefit from such a big game. Lavota well, says after today's meeting, it's too early to tell whether Kansas City could feasibly host the nation's biggest sporting event. But he believes the task force is a worthy cause. As a community, having a big goal and all of us working together is really beneficial. Whether we end up getting the big game or not, it's really important that we can identify some needs in our community. It could be several years before Kansas City actually hosts the Super Bowl. The earliest year we could do it is 2019. At Arrowhead Stadium, Nathan Vickers, KCTV 5 News. Of course, this isn't the first time there's been talk about the Super Bowl in Kansas City. Back in 2006, the NFL said if Kansas City approved a tax to improve Arrowhead, the city would host Super Bowl 49 in 2015. The NFL said the big game coming here was, quote, contingent on improving a rolling roof. However, just a month later, voters rejected the tax for the roof. Here is a look at some of the specific things the NFL requires for oh, the city good. to host such a game. There must be at least 35,000 game day parking spots. Check. 19,000 top quality hotel rooms, access Best to spot. three Best top team. quality golf courses Green and Christian. two bowling alleys. The Kansas what? City Task Force is working to determine whether or not the city meets these requirements. Okay, so that's so big news. 19 <clears throat> Thousand quality hotel rooms. Define quality. I don't know. Greencrest Inn, <laughs> <laughs> and then three, um, 
uh, golf courses. Okay, cool crest. Which are, yeah, uh, cool crest. You got cool crest, cracker neck. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I think that's a check, right? Yeah. And oh then, yeah. And then three bowling alleys. Yeah. What? I don't. I mean, we've got it. Spare. We. You know what? You you could do. You could actually just do the Super Bowl on Forty Highway because you got you know green. You got cool crest. Green crest. Green crest. In and then uh, uh, strike and spare. The strike right and there. spare. You got it all right there. Mm-hmm. Wow, those are interesting requirements. Yeah, I think that those are just a short amount of the thing. There's a a lot of, of infrastructure things, transportation. Mm-hmm. Um, um, really, I think hotels is is a big deal. You know, well, that's and, been an issue here for a while. I know we've lost some of the. Uh, conferences that we've had before because there wasn't enough well, hotel space you know that's that's been said and and i guess part of the thought behind this task force and on the task force was someone from the chiefs the jackson county sports authority um mayor sly james office um jackson county government convention and and visitors bureau economic development of kansas city area and i'm missing someone else i but have them get together and Work with the NFL about what do you need. So if we do need these um, 35,000 hotel rooms, we keep hearing, well, we lose things because of hotels. Is that – I would like to – even if we lose that, I'd like to know that. Right. So then we as um, policymakers can say, well, what do we need to do to get these hotels in here? Um, I don't think that was the reason we lost the Republican convention in Kansas City. I think there was enough for their requirements and I don't know exactly why we lost. I think it was um, politics. You know, they would rather oh. go to uh, to uh, Cleveland and try to pick up Ohio for their presidential mm-hmm. candidate. Um, and the, I've heard the Cleveland rocks too. But you know, some, having having the knowledge of some of these things um, would be good. Let me ask you this: Yeah, do you have any idea? If we were to get it, what the the economic impact would be for Kansas? Like, how much money does a Super Bowl bring into a community if they get the Super Bowl? It, millions of dollars. It, wow! It would, it would be it would be a tremendous amount into, and then not only the stuff that you can measure, but also the the um, ripple effect of new businesses and everything mm-hmm. else. Well, so, it changes the perception of your city. It, well, that, yeah, that was going to be my next thing. It's it's not only the money that you get in, which you definitely would, mm-hmm. but but the perception of the city and the way to highlight the city for future endeavors and future things that you want to do. And I I really believe that having a common goal is good for a community to say we all need to work towards this goal. And you know the for example the hotel rooms, I mean they're clearly not going to be only in the city of Kansas City. Sure, you know city of Independence would perhaps maybe want to build things or be we've got a new hotel going in right now yeah i mean communicate those plans right with with the overall task force and and uh um you know even our friends in kansas have those um they're they're close enough to where they're part of our community as well Mm -hmm. so um i got after these stories aired i got emails from people in kansas saying can i be on the task force (laughs) and i it is and i told the task force i said thank you for doing this you may not see me in any, at the other meetings because I want experts to do this. This isn't a mm-hmm. political thing. You don't want to hear from a politician. And um, so that's why the Department of Economic Development picked the people to be on there, and they'll they'll move forward with it. I feel confident to do that. Well, thanks but, for getting the ball rolling on this. This is a big deal. Well, I, I just think 
um, that big goal is important. I mean, having the game would be great, but just all of us working together in the same thing, I think would be great. And this is my this is my district. You know, we have so much to offer my district. We have um, all the historic things of Independence, um, the home of Harry Truman, um, all the great um, facilities everywhere, and then we have Truman Sports Complex. Well. I should be, as an elected representative, thinking of the things that can help benefit mm-hmm. the area directly. So I, I, it just seems like a natural thing I should be pushing for. So, Yeah, that's no, that's good work on your part, and thank you for pushing this forward. This thing's getting some well, legs, baby. Well, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. If, you know, if we have – I had one um, news, news reporter – I mean, he was – he's a curmudgeon anyway, and he says – well, there's just there's nothing around here. I'm like, okay, well, maybe that's what we need to look about. There's, does there need to be more amenities around? Like immediately Trim- around the stadium? Yeah. Okay. And so it's just, that's the point. We need to figure this out. I got a kind of a funny email from oh, I like funny. a guy in um, Monterey, California, and it said, Senator, you say Arrowhead is the finest stadium in the NFL. You haven't been around much, have you? And his name is Dennis Lehren. Lehren, I think is correct. Okay. And if I mispronounce his name, uh, yeah. whatever. I'm like, that's interesting. And then I looked him up. He's a sports reporter at the Monterey, California um, ABC station. And he's been there for like 30 years. So I wrote back, uh, I, what stadium do you have? <laughs> And I copied uh, Chris Katz of Channel 9, who works for the same company that owns them all. And he wrote back, um, "You're well, we're not too far away from Candlestick, uh, uh, Senator, and thanks for taking this on good fun. Because, you know, so <laughs> so I just, I think he was just kind of. So you called him on Ribbing his, me a little bit. But that's fine, too. Oh, so. well, that's good. But, it, but you know what that shows is it's creating a buzz. Mm-hmm. I, I read an article in I don't remember if it was the New York Post or New York Times two weeks ago about how Kansas City is getting a reputation as a cool city, mm-hmm. and for millennials, especially those twenty and thirty year olds, they are starting to flock here. It's a hip place to be. Mm-hmm. So it was cool to read that in a New York paper, and then something like this just keeps that momentum going, and it it helps the entire area. So well. I, I'm going to check out that article because I've been thinking about this, that we, as elected officials, um, especially after the recession, we have been trying to focus on things that, what can we do to create jobs? Mm-hmm. What can we do to create jobs? Well, would jobs, more jobs in Ferguson, Missouri, help the unrest there? Probably. But I think sometimes we look too short on thinking there's some type of economic miracle that's going to help us, whether it's a airplane factory that comes in or even the Super Bowl, for that matter, mm-hmm. that we think, oh, we're going to get this in and we're going to create these this economic push and we're all going to do well. I, I want to do well economically, and I want all my constituents to, but I also want a positive community where it's just great to live in. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if that means... We have a little bit less number of jobs and even people than a neighboring state like Illinois. That's okay. I don't know if I mm-hmm. if I'm I'm not really articulating what I mean. I'd rather look for quality of life 
mm-hmm. issues and maybe the Super Bowl task force will look at those things too. I know it's very economic driven, but I think as policymakers, we, we sell our community t-shirt when we just say what we can do economically, what we can do economically. So oh, I think that's good. I think you want good quality of life. You want an engaged populace right. who's up, up to speed on what's happening in their mm-hmm. community, who cares and who's listened to. And, and that's why, that's why that, that article is probably very interesting because it's cool. Yes. It's a cool place. You know, okay, what does that mean? You know, mm-hmm. you have a lot of uh, fun places to do. People are probably cooperative together, um, probably less crime. Mm-hmm. You know, all, all the things that, you know, I guess Arthur Fonzarella would like. I don't know. Hey. You, know you know what I mean? It, it's a little bit different than just, oh, we have higher, higher jobs. We have more jobs. I guess more than anything, I'm just excited that we don't need to worry about the bowling alleys. We've got that covered. Yeah. So, yeah. That's good news. Well, I mean, I don't know if. We need to get King Louie back going again, but um, <laughs> um, yeah, there's going to be a big demand for. Well, that's man, that's exciting stuff. That's big news. Yeah, and it was it was good. The other thing I did uh, this week was I uh, went and met with uh, Larry and Mike, and uh, Mike has uh, mul- uh, uh, muscular dystrophy. Mm-hmm. And he is cared within his home by his dad, Larry, and they live over in North Independence. And the reason I visited them is that an initiative that I'm supporting to, to move home health care workers in our state from $8.35 an hour to $11 an hour. And the idea is that people get to stay at home. They um, are cared for in a very quality way, and they have a better quality of life. And it only costs... Eleven dollars an hour. If that wasn't available, they would have to go to a facility where it would cost the state for the same hour fifteen dollars and fifty cents an hour. Oh wow! So, um, you know, the the big problem in Jefferson City has been we don't want to raise it from eight to eight thirty five to eleven because we don't want to spend more money. And in truth, we're not being able to get those home health care people. For such a low wage, so these home these folks who need health care are not staying in their home; they're going to facilities, which are cost, it's costing us fifteen dollars an hour. You following me on this I'm one? I'm following you. So, you know, to me, it's an initiative. If we can get the Home Health Care Board to recommend it, we need Governor Nixon to help with that, and then we appropriate the money next legislative session that we raise, not to fifteen, not the highest rate, but to eleven dollars an hour. And we can keep people like Mike at his home, mm-hmm. and um, they, they were they were they were great to visit today. Oh, that's great! That's great you did that, and that is something that we're going to see more and more because we've got an aging population. Right. That's right, and, and they're we're living longer mm-hmm. now. So, wow! And you know, coming up uh, Labor Day, I understand that the uh, Mayor Pro Temp of Independence will be in the Labor Day parade, yes, the Kansas City area, and then. Um, from there, um, you know, just a really kind of a nice long weekend. Are you going to be up at Santa Caligon a lot? I will be going up to Santa Caligon. Um, of course, I love it. And your kids love it, it, don't they? They really do. Yeah, they. I will be taking my daughters up there, and we'll be, you know, getting some uh, soft frozen lemonade. Maybe picking up a candied apple. I don't know. Mm, that sounds good. Yeah, maybe getting a. Do we have any candy apples out there that you could 
just calling in the staff a little bit to see if I'm a little hungry. Yeah, candy apple wood in yeah. the spot right now. Yeah. Now, um, just a little bit different part of my life um, than where you are is that my college-age daughter is still in Columbia. She'll be working this weekend, oh. um, unable to come home for Labor Day. Mm-hmm. And my high school senior is going to St. Louis to visit friends that she made at Girl State. So, so you got a, no kids. It's, a, it's an empty nest type thing, and I don't know if me and Mrs. Lavota will be going to Easy. going to Santa Catalina. Oh, okay, okay. Um, My bad. Um, so it, you know, it'll be. So you guys could do whatever you want to do. Yeah, it, it's interesting. Yeah, it's yeah. An interesting. Uh, you guys can sit on opposite ends of the couch and watch TV if you want to. Mm-hmm. That sounds great. <laughs> Oh, wow. Are you excited about that? Or are you sad that you're going to have no kids at home? Uh, it, it's it's a sad thing because, you know, they're all, you know, you're you're missing the beginning of Santa Caligon so you can spend some time with your daughters and, right. and help them out because you're on call as a parent to do that. Mm-hmm. And then when they're gone, it's like, I'm not on call. I don't need wow. to. Wow. But I guess, you know, one of them called on drive down I-70 to help them with something. But you know how that is. Yeah. So. Trust me, I know. So I hope everybody um, is safe over the Labor Day weekend. I hope they remember that we should remember all the good, hardworking folks that have come before us. And mm-hmm. Labor is really what made our um, country so good, working hard. And that's what we try to remember on Labor Day. Anything to add about Labor Day? No, I just think we've had a really good show. 